Hey, Sean, I hope that all those new bells and whistles you guys uh, put up there, can you please make sure that the Wi-Fi works so I can maybe watch a game or something on there? You expect to be losing by that much that you can pay attention to the Michigan-Michigan State game, huh? Whoa! It's the future! Down in distance. On WGNRadio.com. Watch it on the fake. 25. Wait, he's just gliding down the field, and he'll glide to the pylon. Touchdown, Watson! To the middle, and it's complete. McCaffrey! Will he score on the first play from scrimmage? Yes! What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Down and Distance, Jared Payton. Alongside my man, Sean Davis, SD2 Mike's on Twitter. I'm at Payton, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N. Also, D-A-D Pod on Twitter as well, if you want to get some of the archives of some of the old podcasts, some of the old good stuff. You know how we always do. WGNRadio.com, affiliated with the arena. We coming soon. Sean, it's that time of the year, man. And, uh, you know, sometimes I guess we now we've had some games over in Australia and wherever else. Um, who else played? I think it was North Dakota State that played as well. So some games played in August, but September is where it starts, and we have – football here and looking forward to today because when we look at college football you know that this is my time I love NFL football I love covering the Bears I love fantasy but you and I actually probably bond the most over college football so it's like the last couple of years to to be able to to watch how college football has evolved over the time and having the conversations with you to see who the team's going to be, our respective teams and how they've grown and how we've seen them mature to talking about who's going to be the Heisman winner and who are Heisman hopefuls to teams that just need to kind of get it all together. But any games this weekend kind of intriguing you? I I know one game on Sunday definitely kind of Tickles your fancy, but anything on Saturday, what are you looking forward to today? Man, I love it. The dorm or the apartment over the mansion and the direct deposit? Nah. I'm going to take the duffel bag over the direct deposit. Always loving college football over pro football. I'm going to give you the game that really intrigues me, JP. You're probably going to jump out of your seat right now. Please, just don't say Michigan, Hawaii. No. Okay. Oklahoma and Houston. Oklahoma and Houston. I'm really intrigued by that game because you have an upstart in Houston who almost got into the BCS last year. Mm-hmm. And they're facing Oklahoma, a team that's getting a lot of love because they return a lot, even though they lost Sterling Shepard, great wide receiver to the NFL. But the two-headed monster that they had with Mixon and Piron mm. at running back and then yes. Baker Mayfield making plays is – what you need in this day and time for college football as a quarterback that can make plays with his feet as well as his arm and his head. A lot of people are giving them love. They're smallish on the defensive line. The defense will come into question. So going into a matchup with Houston, a team on the rise that has something to prove, that wants to prove that they belong, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. 11.5-point favorite Mm. Oklahoma is. That's a lot of points. A lot of points. I don't, you know, it, it's always rough because we're talking 
about college football. This is not professional ranks where you have preseason games to be able to watch you know, your favorite team go through four games before they get to the regular season. You're jumping right out of the box going into you know, playing, and we know, both of us and me, and experiencing it as a player, I mean, you don't have any givebacks. You can't be like, oh, let me get that one back. You know, you got to come out firing on all cylinders. So right now and seeing all the games and some of these teams that are that are really ranked having big, meaningful games right out of the gate. Listen, I'm going to – instead of giving you kind of on – and I don't know if this is on the surface. You know how we always like to talk about this. It, it, to me, this game intrigues me the most because of my household and because of family roots and hmm. because I truly, truly love watching one player last year who I think is going to have a monster year. And I think for him, this is this is one of those games out the gate. LSU versus Wisconsin. I'm really looking at this LSU 10.5 favorite. But still, you got Leonard Fournette, who we saw last year certain things of the likes of AP, maybe. We haven't seen since him of how he uh, just the, the not not the running style, but I'm talking about more of the position, like of a dominant force in the backfield that we really, really haven't seen where any time that you thought he would get the ball, you were like, you were glued to the TV. He's not made like a normal human being. Yeah. And he's coming out the gate going up against a Wisconsin team that, you know, Wisconsin definitely is not your, I don't know, still Big Ten football, but we know what kind of guys that they recruit there, right? You know, it, it's sometimes it's like hitting a wall when you hit – you know, boys that are eating them corn-fed boys. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know we're going to get more in-depth with this game with Big Ten Network's on Howard Griffin in about seven to ten minutes. But you're talking about Leonard Fournette going up there to the cold tundra that is Lambeau that probably would be the simp- the lukewarm tundra eh, probably. Saturday it's, night. It's still going to be it's uh, gonna be nice nice weather up there. Nice weather. Yeah. Does he break 200? I, I mean, look. I don't know. That the one strong point that I like about Wisconsin is a little bit defensively. Everything else is still a question mark, but he's going to he's going to have to work for what he needs to get. But if he can break big runs, if they can get the passing game going as well off of that running game, then I think anything's possible. Um but he's a game changer. And Sean, you know, in college football, it's about having either a quarterback that's a game changer or a certain player that's a game changer that can that is head and heels and toes above all the rest and he's one of those guys that is going to be in that conversation at the end of the season when we're talking about Heisman Trophy winners mm-hmm. um, he I expect him to to be in NYC I don't, I'm not saying he's going to win I think this might be the year of the quarterback Yeah, but I still think that he should be there, dressed, suited, and booted, looking looking fresh. Talk about another Heisman hopeful. He struggled a little bit in Evanston in his first game last year. We saw that as the Cardinal went down to Northwestern Wildcats in their first game last year. This year they face another Wildcat team from the Big 12, Kansas State. But it's going to be at home this time. Christian McCaffrey, does he come right out of the gate and make a statement to say, I am the guy. I should have gotten the Heisman last year. 
but it's going to be mine this year. Or can Kansas State pull another upset? Kansas State was a very competitive team last year in the Big 12, but they just couldn't get over the hump, losing a couple of close games to some big-time teams. They could be looking to make a statement on the road as well. I mean, anything's possible. I think with Christian McCaffrey, I think it's uh, – we, we kind of know. Last season, starting out the gate against Northwestern, a little bit different. Um, I think this year is going to be a year. I think over time, when you see guys that are, are special in college football, especially guys that are students of the game, yeah, when they come back and, God forbid, any injuries and anything serious happening – and they can be on the football field. He's a dude that I know from people that know him that he is a uh, he's a he's a gym rat. He's a study film rat. So anything that he saw last year about his game that he didn't like, he's refined it, retooled it, and he's going to be giving people the business. This is not one that I don't I don't see this being a. Well, yeah, that what he did last year. I, I think what he's going to do this year it. It's going to be on that level, close to. So it's not going to be like a big drop off, because he knew what he had to do this this summer. Yeah, everybody's watching film to be able to know when you get on the football field, they have to be able to stop you. So it makes you have to study even harder to find the deficiencies of certain defenses, different looks on every single down. He breaks it down like that. So we're going to see him being out there, getting him in the business. But he's got to be able to stay healthy. And we know this game of football, its that's probably easier said than done. That's 15 and a half points they're giving away, though. But that's a lot of points. You see 15 and a half? I see 15 and a half. You got 14 there? 14. The line, I see the line 14. But it, I mean, the line on Fox Sports here is 15 and a half. But if you say 14, we'll go with that. Let's go to another big Pac-12 team. And this, you know what? This entire weekend, JP, is an NFL scout's dream. It is. There's too many big games. It's an NFL scout's dream, and I'm going to go to a game where you possibly have two top 15 picks on one defensive line, and then you have a possible number one overall pick in 2018. Not 17. We're looking forward to 18. That's UCLA at Texas A&M plus three the UCLA Bruins are. So they're favored. That defensive line for Texas A&M with Kevin Sumlin might be on the hot seat. Man, Deshaun Hall and Miles Garrett, both of those guys will be shaking the hand of one Roger Goodell come next April. And then Josh Rosen, the freshman season he had for the Bruins was spectacular. Can he take the next step, even though he's going to be dealing with a young receiving core and a young offensive line? Can he elevate their games and lead the Bruins to a possible pack? 12 championship. Yeah, I think it's wide open, don't yeah. you think, just yeah. a little bit? Yeah, I uh, think so. But the one thing that I look at this, I'm looking just at kind of the day. You know Texas, man. It's still still nice and muggy down there in Texas. You know what I mean? So you're talking about right now 89 degrees. At Kyle Field, though, man, it, it, 12th man, it, it, it's a different situation and to be, start out the gate in that type of environment it's not always easy. So if there are any miscues between some of these young skill players, anything can happen there. You don't want to be able to turn the ball over. And I think that this Texas A&M team knows. They love Sumlin, man. They, they love him. I think he's one of those guys. This is going to be a year that they know he's on the hot seat. Guys are going to be playing for him, man. So they're going to be all out. They have nothing to lose right now. 
You know what I mean? They come into the season not ranked. This team has what they have to prove to be at home to play number 16 UCLA on on their opening night at home with the 12th man. That right there is a game that definitely I, I, I need to have uh, tuned in. That's why I'm glad I got three TVs, son. Down a distance, Jared Payton, Sean Davis right here talking college football. What do you think about that matchup on Monday night with Florida State and Ole Miss? It's a good one, Sean. It's, it's, this is a good one, man. I mean, Florida State, I think, is ready. I think they're ready to kind of be back when you talk about that conversation of being into, you know, that the top of the top in college football. And we both know Delvin Cook is one of those game changers that I was talking about. This crop of running backs, I think Ezekiel Elliott might have kicked down the door, getting in that top ten and kind of changing the narrative for the running back in the NFL, there might be two or three guys in the top 15 as running backs in next year's draft. Mm -hmm. As I said before, this weekend is definitely an NFL scout's dream. Dalvin Cook, Mr. Francois, the last time the Seminoles had a redshirt freshman quarterback, we know how that turned out. He's playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number one overall pick, Jameis Winston. What is he going to have to do going up against the self-proclaimed best quarterback in the nation, Chad Kelly? Well, Chad Kelly needs to chill out. Just yeah, he does. He just does. He still has to play LSU and Alabama this but, year. But, but out the gate, he's going up against a Florida State defense that will be able to get there, returning a lot of talent. Plenty of talent. In that front seven. So, and the whole, And then on the other side of the ball, this Florida State offense, the line will be kind of – new pieces added on there as well but I mean when you got a guy like Delvin Cook you you have to be able to stop him and worry about him and if they can control the ball on the ground you keep you keep the self-proclaimed best quarterback in the country off the football field yeah hopefully Delvin Cook has a a better set of hamstrings this year it don't matter (laughs) bro it doesn't matter he had a busted he had a busted when he was running on the run flats and he had a busted one. It was running on the run <laughs> flats and still trucking people. You're right. Down the distance right here, WGN Radio, WGNRadio.com. In association with the arena, we previously talked about LSU going up to Lambeau Field. It won't be the frozen tundra, but they'll be facing the Wisconsin Badgers. And to talk about that game a little bit more, we bring in the Big Ten Network's own, our brother FOP of the program, Howard Griffin walking in the down the distance. Hey, how you guys doing? Man. Sounding good. <laughs> We're doing pretty good. You've been around. Tell us about this matchup, this game. Is Fournette just going to go up to Lambeau Field, put on a show, and walk out the door, possibly do the Lambeau leap, even though Les Miles said if he does that, he's going to show him the door. But <laughs> well, I highly, I highly I doubt that. I highly yeah. doubt that. He ain't going to show him the door, that's for sure. But, you know, I, I think – the downside for the players, they probably can't do the Lambo leak because they'll be fine because they'll be celebrating uh, by themselves as opposed to jumping up and bumping one another. They jump into the stands, they're going to get a flag for that. So I don't think we'll see any Lambo leaks from, from either team. But you know, it's a, really a fascinating game when, when you talk about you know this matchup and you think about you know LSU now switching to the three four front with Dave Aranda, who was at Wisconsin last year. Now he's there. And he has some athletes and some corners and, and, and some guys that can really play at a high level. And to me, one of the fascinating things to watch is really you talk about Fournette, but you, you need to talk about his center, Ethan Poulsen. 
who was like 6'6", 300. I mean, he's a mountain of a guy from the Chicago area. One of those guys that got out of here and couldn't keep him, keep him in the Big Ten country. Went down to the SEC, and I mean, he's been a three-year start, and he is an unbelievable player. Probably ends up being at, a, at the center position, probably, you know, a late first-round pick. Howard, it's... I look at this matchup, and I said this is one of the, the games that I'm looking forward to. I'm a huge Leonard Fournette fan. Listen, I tweeted about him after I saw a story on, I don't know, one of the networks. And next thing you know, he followed me, hit me up, a DM was just, we were, we were chatting, and I just was telling him that he's one of those special running backs that you don't normally see. And I don't want to compare him to Adrian Peterson, but to me, as a football fan that watched college football, I've never seen a guy that's built differently like him I, I know he's going to have a monster year, but even last season, what is this what is this Wisconsin kind of this defense going to look like last year? Number one scoring defense in the country. Yeah. Um number two in total defense per game. How does this how do they stack up being able to stop the run of LSU? Well, you know, they're gonna run they run the thirty four defense as well, that three man front and four linebackers and you know, Vince Beagle is one of the outside linebackers, Watt, younger brother. Uh, is still on the team. I think he's going to have a monster year, maybe not in this particular game, but, you know, he's going to be an outstanding player. But, it, you know, they practice, and I'm talking about LSU now, they practice against the 3-4 defense. We talked about playing against that, and all you need is a split second to, you know, to not be able to recognize where that third rusher is coming in. And a lot of times they talk about it versus versus the, you know, a passing game, but, but also it's important to be on top of it during the run. So I think that's what they're going to see. LSU is going to see a lot of that, but that's something they're accustomed to practicing against it all summer. So they should be able to to really handle this game. I mean, that's just the reality of it. They have better players uh, than the Badgers do. I think up and down the roster, you know, Badgers are going to have some young guys out at the wide receiver position. But, you know, this is one of those games that, you know, they look at it as an opportunity. And that's the way they're looking at their schedule. To talk about Wisconsin right now is that they have a lot of opportunities. And this is really just the first one on the schedule. They really get a chance to find out exactly where they are, uh, whether they like it or not, because this is this LSU team is, is a team that, that's in the talk right now uh, to be in the Final Four. How Griffith from the Big Ten Network joining, joining us right here on Down and Distance. Let's go to the last game of the season for the Big Ten that might decide the Big Ten champion in one division and the unveiling of the 2016 versions. Why that is this? Hawaii against Michigan and then Ohio <laughs> State, who yesterday via Twitter and social media, Coach Tony Alpha announced to the parents of Mike Weber Jr. that he was the starting running back at Ohio State University. And Urban Meyer calls that position the Cadillac of the yeah. program. So talk about those two, two teams and what you expect to see. Well, you know, you look at Ohio State, um, you know, they're doing some things. Got some young guys playing up front this time, but I think it's really a, still a talented line. You're talking about guys that are 6'5", 6'6", 310, 312 pounds, and they look like maybe they're 275. You know, really good-looking group of guys up front. And you mentioned Mike Weber, and that's probably the worst-kept secret uh, coming out of out of Columbus that he was going to be the starter this year because I think it was really no doubt that it was going to be him. Uh, when you look at the way he, he ran the ball in high school, uh, the only thing that really slowed him down last year was the injury. And as good as Ezekiel Elliott was last year, I mean, he, he's a difference maker. Obviously, a first-round pick, high first-round pick. 
Mike Weber was going to be buying for some carries in that game on the team last year. So, you know, you expect some big things out of Weber this year. He's not as physically uh, built. They're built a lot differently. Weber's a lot smaller than Elliott is. But, but I think one of the things that I really like about Weber is that he practices hard. And that was one of the things that stood out to me about Ezekiel Elliott is that he played hard without the football in his hand. He was willing to block. He was willing to do the dirty work when he wasn't carrying the ball. So I had a, a great deal of uh, respect for what he did that way. And I think Weber has picked that up and he's learned from it. So when we saw him uh, this summer at camp, he looked like a guy that is really setting up to have a big year for him. At least they're going to they're gonna rely heavily on him. Now this Michigan team, they are a lot better than I thought they were. You know, I think a lot of people said, ah, well, they could be in, you know, the playoff picture and, you know, I wasn't quite sure, but after seeing them, you look at them from a defensive standpoint. I mean, this, this is a defense that, that I think is going to play really at a high level, bringing Don Brown over from Boston College, uh, who had that defense in the top five. They might have been a number three defense uh, in all the, the major categories last year as far as defense is concerned, but it was a bad football team. Uh, so now all of a sudden you give him more athletes, you give him more players, and a guy like Jabril Peppers that he's going to move around a lot, a guy that really could start at corner but is going to be starting at the Sam linebacker. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this Michigan team is able to to deploy him and figure out how to slow other teams down. Let me tell you something, though, Howard. Listen, man, I didn't know you were coming on to the podcast today, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I got goosebumps when you were just sitting here talking college football, man, because this is it, – it, this Michigan story is is intriguing to me. I, I just I look at the schedule and just off the gate, you start looking at it, and they could be undefeated up to October 29th up against the Michigan State team. And yeah. I, listen, I won't be watching that probably. Well, probably not at my house. I will be at the Miami <laughs> Notre Dame game. So I hope. Hey, hey, Sean, I hope that uh, that new stadium, all those new uh, the things and bells and whistles you guys uh, put up in at, up there. Can you please make sure that the Wi-Fi works so I can maybe watch a game or something on there, please? Anyway. You, you expect to be losing by that much that you can pay attention to the Michigan Michigan State game, huh? Whoa! Set myself. Whoa! <laughs> hey Howard, I set Shot myself. Fired. Yeah, yeah. It's Drake and Meek Mill. I don't know which one I am, but uh, <laughs> but think about it. Up until that point, and then if they win that game, you got Maryland next, and then you have yeah. two games, Iowa. If you can win that game as well, we could be talking about this team going in November twenty sixth into the horseshoe against Ohio State, and to me, an epic, epic way to end the regular season. Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned those games. You mentioned the Iowa and the Michigan State game. Those are obviously going to be, you know, tough games for them, but, you know, things can play out, and you take this Ohio State team, if they're able to get past Oklahoma week three, then then things can really, really set up well, you know, the way they want to at the end of the year. But I'm telling you, this is a, this is a good, this is really a good Michigan team, and I think as soon as they find the guy that they, as soon as they find their Mike Weber, now, now keep in mind, two years ago, Mike Weber, he really came down to Michigan and, and Ohio State. And, uh, you know, he ended up obviously going to Ohio State. But Michigan has been sort of void of that truly elite tailback. They haven't been able to find him. Uh, they've, signed, they've signed a number of five-star guys. they got five-star guys on the roster right now. 
but they really have not found that guy that can really carry the mail for them on a daily, on a, a game in, game out basis. But when they do, I think this is going to be a pretty scary, um, pretty scary team because they're they're talented as all get out at the wide receiver position. Offensive line is much better. We I talked about the defensive side. They may and Jordan Lewis may have one of the best corners in all of college football. He's, he surely will be a first-round draft pick in this upcoming draft. So there's so much talent on that team that, you know, if they can find that elite tailback or that tailback that can give them the carries that they need, then this is going to be a dangerous team. But they still have to go on the road. And I picked them third, actually, uh, in the East, behind Michigan State and Ohio State. And one of the reasons I did was just from the fact that they haven't done it yet. Yeah, they you know things are stacking up. You still, but you still have to go to Ohio, uh, Ohio State. You got to go to Michigan State. Those are still going to be tough games. Although they had the game, you know, Michigan State beat last year and couldn't get the punt off. But you know, it's one of those things. So I picked them third this year just because I haven't seen them do it yet, and they need to do it first. Out of all the top national teams, and in contrast to what's happening and has happened in Ann Arbor in the off season, where they love the spotlight mainly because of their head coach. Surprisingly, it's been very quiet in Columbus this offseason. When you look at the yeah. past two seasons where they had the quarterback derbies and then they had some mm-hmm. problems with suspensions and everything and Braxton Miller getting hurt when he come back, he had to change positions. Surprisingly, very quiet in Columbus. How do you think this team comes out? They usually come out a little sluggish the first two or three games. Do you think we see a difference in their performance early because of the quiet offseason? Well, I think one thing you got to remember, this is this is a very young team. Uh, this is a very young Ohio State Buckeye. Probably more talented than the team last year. As crazy as that is, that with having, what, 12 guys taken in the draft, uh, they may be more talented this year, but they lack the experience. So I, I think the way their schedule sets up is perfect for them. As, you talk, as I mentioned, they talked about going on the road in week three to, to Norman, Oklahoma. You know, they get a chance to kind of get things rolling and try to figure out who they are, get their identity set, and, and start to get some, some game experience under their belt. But I expect them to come out because it's going to be a hungry team as well. you got a lot of guys that are, that are looking to prove that they should be the starter. They shouldn't lose the starting position. And I expect them to come out really firing on all cylinders because really, as you mentioned, it's been quiet there. But really because all the guys have left, a lot of guys that were, you know, gone in the draft, so there are a lot of young guys that really are just trying to make a name for themselves. But they've got a middle linebacker and Raquan McMillan, you know, one of the best out there as well. If he decides to come out in the draft this year, he'll probably be a first rounder as well. But they've got some players. Gary Connolly, Gary on Connolly at corner at the corner position is outstanding. Hopefully we get a chance to see uh the the younger brother of Bosa step up and play. Hopefully he's a lot uh he's healthy. He had a knee injury last year. But he should be able to bounce back. And the scary thing about the younger folks is that he was better when watching the senior tape, both guys' senior tape, he was a lot better than Nick Bosch was uh, really at that same point. So, you know, it's going to be fun to watch this team because they got talent. They got all the talent they need. Okay, JP. Bosa. Hey, Howard. (laughs) Howard, right now Chicago is listening to you right here, down in distance. WGN Radio, WGNRadio.com in association with the arena. And you are Tony, Tony, Tony for the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois right now. Tell them something that's going to make them feel good about Lovey Smith and the Illini. 
Man, look, I, I think Lovey's one of Lovey's greatest assets is, you know, he, he's even he's even killed. He, he's never too high or too low as far as, you know, what, how he talks about his team to the media. I think what Illinois needed was, was stability. Lovey gives him that. I think, you know, he's put a nice staff together. Um, those guys are going to be prepared to play. I mean, he's really taking care. He's practiced these guys hard, but they didn't have any two-a-days this, this summer. And, and he really had them focusing on their assignments. And, and I'm expecting big things out of them. I'm not saying that they're going to all of a sudden go out and win the heat. You know, I think the roster doesn't lend itself. I mean, the West, the roster doesn't lend itself to that right now. But you expect the team to be competitive in the fourth quarter. You don't expect, I don't expect this team to be getting, getting blown out of games. I think they'll be fundamentally sound. They want to run the ball. Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, to me, is an elite running back. He could probably start at all, but maybe one place, two places in the Big Ten. He's a big-time player. He was a four-star running back coming out of high school. And I think they have some pieces there. But at the, in the end of the day, Lovey has to do a great job of recruiting. And the people that have to put Lovey in that position are his assistant coaches in the recruiting department. I think if they can set Lovey up, I think he can close the door. There's no doubt about it because when he gets one-on-one with the parents, when he gets one-on-one with the kids, I think he, he'll have an opportunity to really sell the university. So I'm looking forward to – you know, the next several years with, with Lovey Smith in the helm and, and bringing Illinois football, you know, back to respectability. Well, I'll tell you what, Howard, um, he offered my son already, so we'll figure <laughs> we'll figure out. He's only four, but we'll figure out That's if, all right. going, uh, That's if he's going to play football. But now, what about Chicago's Big Ten team, man? Northwestern, a lot of this team kind of trying to figure it out. Clayton Thorson, what kind of season – does he need to have, and what kind of season do you think he has? Well, I think he should have a good season. You know, I, I think he'll, he'll he's a vastly improved passer over last year. Uh, and, and again, you know, he's a red shirt freshman, been thrown was thrown into the mix. Uh, I thought did a did a, a nice job for a red shirt freshman. Didn't throw the ball particularly well as you you would expect or you would want your quarterback to do. And, and you think about it, they really did it with defense, running Justin Jackson really done a great job for, for Northwestern running the football, kept them in a lot of games. And the way they play defense with Anthony Walker and Harris on the back end, I mean, they have some, some big-time players on the defensive side of the ball. I think when you look at Northwestern, they're going to start to play a lot of young guys. I think you can expect a lot of young wide receivers to get out there and get opportunities to play. And, and I think that's got to be the key. But I think as long as, as Thorson continues to improve as a passer, which, I, like I said, I believe he will do, having watched him this summer, I think they'll be they'll be right there in the hunt. I mean, I think it's you know the West. That's the thing about the, the Western the Western Division uh, of the Big Ten. I mean, the thing is wide open. And, you know, whether whether it's Iowa, a lot of people picked Iowa. I picked Iowa as well. But I mean, there are several scenarios where, you know, Minnesota could win it because of their schedule. Northwestern could win it, particularly if they get high. So they're, for for the most part, it's it's wide open. And it's not as top-heavy, you know, as the East with Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, who's not far behind. But I think Northwestern's going to be right back in the mix of it. Uh, Pappas Jail's been doing a really good job recruiting. I think they have to continue to improve that offensive line. I think as soon as they get... You know, continue to get better up front. Uh, I think that's going to be a team that, to continue to watch out for. 
I don't know about you guys, but I was like a Drake album to me, just very overrated. I'm sorry. Dang. <laughs> well, you know what happened in Iowa. I mean, you know, they won a lot of close games. You know, they would go out and they play, and it wouldn't be a dominant performance. But you know, they ran it to a 12 and 0 record. And when you do that, and you 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 know you're that close to winning the Big Ten championship, they just couldn't couldn't stop Michigan State on a 20 plus play drive. So I know that hurt a little bit for Iowa, but it was never a team that just went out and totally dominated people. And then you look at the bit, you look at the performance in the Rose Bowl. I mean, that thing was over at the kickoff. <laughs> I think uh, when they played Stanford. So you know, that's why I say it's wide open. You know, Nebraska hasn't quite figured it out with, with Coach Riley. In uh, the Badgers, I think will be down a little bit this year because they're just not as talented as they've been in the past. Howard. When you look at nationally, we you know we talk Big Ten, but nationally now, I think one of the questions that I have, and I just wanted to see how you look at it, is Clemson. I mean, Clemson last season, watching them, Sean, I'll never forget the conversation we had after watching that Notre Dame game. I mean, both of us were kind of like wanting to go back. It was an instant classic. But is this the year, though, that we see Clemson kind of close the deal and, and win a national championship? Well, I think with Clemson, you got to look at, you know, it all starts with Watson, right? I think he, he keeps them in the game. He puts, He's an elite passer. He, he can do it all. So he's going to, you know, keep them in a lot of games. People aren't going to be able to have an answer for him. You know, they, they've always, you know, have, find a way to have a, a very physical, tough defense that can turn you over if you're not careful. So I think they're right back in the mix. You know, I think as long as you have a, a talented quarterback like they have, I think that lends itself to to giving you a shot, particularly if you run that, you know, more of a wide-open spread style of offense. Now, it's a little bit different when you run that pro-style offense, more of, you know, what you see out of Alabama. And they've been, you know, fortunate to, to win it with mostly that pro-style offense. But, you know, you go outside and, you know, they just have better players uh, than the team than the teams that they're going against, so that kind of gives them an advantage in the way they play defense. So I think Clemson will be right there in the mix. I mean, they they took everybody's best shots last year, and you know were right there until that thing was put away for them, from them in the championship game. Uh, so they should be right back, particularly like I say with the quarterback that they have in place. Out of all the big time primetime games this weekend, what's your upset special, and what Ooh. game? is going to, ooh, ooh, ooh. what game intrigues you the most? I tell you, you know, Alabama-USC intrigues me a lot because I think Alabama has the fewest seniors, of, not not Alabama, but USC has the fewest seniors of, of any of the Pac, Pac-12 teams that are playing. And it's a young team, a talented team. And, you know, it's one of those teams that you know, has been dominant in the past and, and you, I'm still kind of waiting for them to get back. And the other side is that I want to see, you know, what Alabama can do. I want to see if they can, you know, all the controversy or the quarterback situations that they've had this summer trying to figure out who's going to be the starter. Uh, and we talk about being able to have a an elite quarterback to, to win a championship. But if you look at Alabama, particularly the times they win the national title, you know, they do it with a first-time starter. Or they, they've done it in situations where, you know, guys weren't expected to start, and they find a way to overcome that position uh, at quarterback. So, you know, it's fascinating to watch. So, to me, that that's a big game to watch. Um, upset special. I don't know if I got an upset special for you. I don't know. That's always a tough one. Hey, 
I'm cool with that. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm picking. I'm listen. picking Houston and Tom Herman. Uh oh. I'm gonna take. Oh. Really? I'm taking Houston and Tom Herman. You know, if if Houston wins this game, right? I mean, they in, obviously they should run the table the rest of the year. You know, are they in the you know the playoffs? I mean, that's really what happens. That's yeah. that's the scenario that people will start to look at when you talk about you know this Houston team being able to beat Oklahoma. Are they auditioning to get into the Big Twelve this season? <laughs> You know, they are. I mean, you think about it, you know, they've got to do something. Expansion has been a lot of talk. They've gone back and forth you know, all summer about what they were going to do. But it, but I think you have to look at them. And, and, you know, when we talk about expansion, normally it's really all about the television sets and the television market. And you talk about the Big 12, you look at all the schools that are already right there, the Big 12 have, has that are right there in Texas, and it's really like, well, what are they actually bringing? And maybe it's Maybe that's just it. They're not bringing anything, but they're bringing a program that, to me, you know, is, is right there, can still be right there, and, and they're going to compete. And we've seen what Herman has done on the field last year. You've seen the commitment, uh, not only to the head coaches, but the assistants and to facilities. They continue to upgrade facilities in Houston, and it looks like they're going to be a player for the foreseeable future. And even if Herman moves on to maybe one of these other jobs that opens up next year. I mean, the trajectory that they're on right now, they can go out and hire uh, another elite coach or a top, I shouldn't say elite coach, but a, a top flight coach that's maybe a step below that elite level because of the salaries that they're, that they're willing to play and pay and the guys that they're able to recruit right out of that Houston and that Dallas market. I'm telling you, this is it's it's crazy to think about where we're going to be with all these teams having these big time TV deals. And I get it. But where are we going to be in the next 15, 10 years? Let's just say 10, 15 years with people, especially the way that we watch and consume our sports now. Is TV going to be a thing of the past in the future? So it's just amazing. But. I think you have to give them a little bit of credit for what they've done in building that program that, Howard, I think it's just it's inevitable that you have to start making switches. And even in that area, yeah, there are a lot of big schools in that Texas area, but still, if you can be in that mix, it opens up even more for recruiting for everybody. It just – there's more eyeballs on what's going on in that conference. So, man, it, it's crazy to start thinking about. But guess what? College football is here, man, and I'm still – It's here. Thank goodness. Goodness, it's here. It's, it's here. here. All right, man. Well, Howard, man, we appreciate you as always, man. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. I know we need to get together, man. You've been busy, so um, now. Oh, I, lo- I love how you just threw that in there. You, you like that? Huh? <laughs> I've been busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've been busy. Yeah, we get together, man. We got to get together, though. All right, well, let's do that, man. We we appreciate you. All right, so let's take care. All right, All right bro. Howard Griffith right there on Down and Distance, man. Sean Davis, Jared Payton, SD2Mikes on Twitter, at PaytonSun, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N, D-A-D-Pod on Twitter as well. Sean, um, I'm looking forward to uh, to having some nice friendly bets with you this college football season. Let's lay it down. All JP right. Coffee on the winner. Okay, I'm going cool Or on the loser, shall on I On the loser? Yeah. What, what, we can do it that too. way. We can, we can do whatever we need to do. You know, steak dinner or, you know what I'm saying, maybe – 
uh, Mastro's. I'll take know. a kangaroo head bent. Oh, okay, okay, we can do that. Well, man, as always, like we always tell them, Sean, we were here, but now we're gone, man. I appreciate you. Same here.